I've always enjoyed the story of the little boy who wanted a new bicycle for Christmas. He asked his mother, and his mother said that they didn't have the money to buy a bicycle, and so that he should write a letter to Jesus, and he should pray and ask for Jesus to give them a bicycle. Well, after a temper tantrum of hearing this news, mom sent him to his room, and he finally started to think about it and said, I'm going to write a letter of prayer to Jesus. This is how he started. Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy this year, and I would appreciate a new bicycle. Your friend, Johnny. Well, he started to think about that, said, you know, I've not really been that good of a boy. So he tore that letter up and started over. Dear Jesus, I've been an okay boy this year. I want a new bicycle, though, for Christmas. Yours truly, Johnny. Well, Johnny knew that wasn't totally honest, so he tore it up and tried again. Dear Jesus, I've thought about being a good boy this year. Can I have a new bicycle? Signed, Johnny. Threw that one away. Johnny searched deep in his heart, realized that none of those letters he had written so far were very true. And so he was thinking about it. He ended up leaving and going outside the house and really thinking about what he should do. And he found himself in front of a church. The church had a nativity display with shepherds and angels, Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus lying in a manger. And all of a sudden, he grabbed one of the small statues and ran towards his house. He went inside and hid it under his bed and started to write a letter. This is what he wrote. Jesus, I've broken most of the Ten Commandments. I've shot spitwads at school. I've tore up my sister's Barbie dolls and lots more. I'm desperate. And I've got your mother, Mary. If you ever want to see her again, if you ever want to see her again, you'll give me my bike. Signed, you know who. I I love that story, not only because it's funny, but because there is some truth to it. When all of us take a look at our hearts, We know that we've not been good. Listen to what Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 through 25 says. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise or in this manner. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, meaning he was righteous, not willing to make her a public example was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Here's our key verse for today. And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 
Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and had called his name Jesus. Verse 21, And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Uh, Leave your finger there and turn to 1 John. You know, we just finished a series through the book of 1 John. And I was really struck about how many times Christmas is referred to in the book of 1 John. So much of 1 John is about why Jesus came the first time, why He was born, why He came to this earth. I just want to look at a few verses in 1 John as we think about this idea, a Savior sent to save us from sin. A Savior from sin. Look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, at the beginning of the service, we read John 1, and we realized that Jesus is the word. So when we read 1 John 1 about the word of life, we're talking about Jesus. Verse 2, for the life was manifested, meaning he was seen, he was here, he was on earth and visible. The life was manifested. We have seen it. We have bear witness. We show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father. Talking about Jesus. He was with the Father, but he was manifested unto us. Look at 1 John Chapter 2, verse 1, My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He, the one who came, the one who was manifested, He is the propitiation. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The hymn writer wrote these words, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. Why? To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O tidings of comfort and joy. Look at 1 John 2 verse 22. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. Look at 1 John 3 verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. This is the reason why He came. That He might destroy the works of the devil. Look at 1 John Chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they have God. How do you know that if it's a demonic spirit or a spirit of God that's speaking? Here's how. Verse 2. Hereby know you the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is from or of God. These are verses about 
Christmas. John says, here's how we know that someone is speaking from God if they declare that the baby laying in the manger was the eternal Son of God. I love what Tim Keller said. He says, Christmas is not simply about a birth. Christmas is about a coming. A coming. What he means by that is that the baby born in the manger had eternally existed and was sent down from heaven. The the birth of Jesus is the beginning of His earthly life, but it's not the beginning of Jesus. Christmas is not just about a birth. It's about a coming. It's about a coming of one who's always existed, but one who's now come into this world in a new and different way. Now fully God and also fully man, that Jesus Christ, the Word, has been made flesh and has dwelt among us. Look at 1 John 4 verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Here it is, we see again, God sent His Son. Why? You will call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. This is the love of God displayed toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son. God sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Look at 1 John 4, verse 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Isn't that what the angel told Joseph that we just read? You are going to call His name Jesus. Do you know what Jesus means? The name. Today, in America at least, We name our children because we like the name. We like how it sounds. Or we have someone in our family that's named that. Or we have some connection to the name. In their day, they named people because the name, what the meaning of the word meant, they named people. Jesus means Jehovah saves. Yahweh saves. Call Him Jesus because He will save His people from their sins. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Look at 1 John 5 verse 6. This strange verse, it seems like, it may seem like it's out of place. It seems like it's out of place if you've not been paying attention to the book of 1 John. But it's very much in place if you've been noticing. It says, this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. Now, what's the reason for that? John is saying that the baby that was laying in the manger, that grew up to be a man who bled on the cross is fully God and fully man. And that's what Christmas is about. Emmanuel, God 
with us. God becoming man. The Word becoming flesh. This is He that came by water and by blood. Finally, look at 1 John 5 verse 20. And we know that the Son of God is come. Talking about His first coming. He has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is true. Even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Call His name Jesus because He will save His people from their sins. Roy Lesson said this, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a Savior. You know, I find that a lot of people are sentimental about a baby lying in a manger. Shepherds coming to see, wise men visiting, Mary and Joseph gathered in this manger. But the death of Christ makes people uncomfortable. In fact, there used to be debate years ago about what should be the symbol of Christianity. There were a lot of people that said the manger should be the picture, the, the icon, right? And when, when you see an apple on someone's phone, right, you know that it, it's made by Macintosh, right? That's the, the symbol of it. You recognize it. Even before someone says, I have, a, I have a MacBook computer, I have an iPhone, you can see the symbol. What, what should be the symbol of Christianity? Well, there was an argument being made that the manger should be. And the manger is vastly important. But the cross, the cross is the symbol of Christianity. See, the cross, though, is threatening. People, when they see the manger, they're not really threatened by that. But the baby that came in Bethlehem would not remain a baby. He would grow up to be a toddler grow up to be a child, experience adolescence to be a teenager, a young adult, and a full-grown man. And at 30 years of age, he went about preaching and healing and teaching and finally dying. Dying on a cross, buried in a tomb, and risen again. On the third day. The manger is an important, essential part of salvation. But even at the beginning, before he's born, the angel says, Call him Jesus, because he's not come just to live and rest in a manger. He's come to save. And if he's going to save, he must hang on cross. One of the most forgotten but glorious Christmas songs 
is this. Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. But in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there's room in my heart for thee. Thou camest, O Lord, with the living word that should set thy people free. But with mocking scorn and with crown of thorn, they bore thee to Calvary. O come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there's room in my heart for thee. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But the baby born in Bethlehem would eventually go to a cross in Jerusalem who would rise triumphant from the grave of Joseph of Arimathea and would eventually, in His resurrection and in His ascension into heaven, would provide salvation for all who would trust in Him. And see, that's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about salvation from sin. I wonder, have you experienced what Christmas is about? And that the reason we're here today is exactly what the angel told Joseph. Call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. Because Christ came, because Christ died, and because He has risen from the dead, we can be saved. Someone once said that if Christmas is about presents, then the poor are hopeless. If Christmas is about family, then the orphan is hopeless. But if Christmas is about Jesus and about salvation, then no one is hopeless. Let's pray together. Just before we pray, as we think here today, have you experienced salvation from sin? Have you trusted in the name of this one called Jesus? Are you one of His people? Because He won't save everyone. He saves those who are His people. Those who call on His name. Those that receive Him. That's what John 1 says. That as many as receive Him, He gives power to become the sons of God. Even to those that believe on His name. Have you believed on His name? Have you received Him as your Savior from sin? Have you said, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for Thee. He saves His people from their sin. That's why He came. That God sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Father, we've come this morning. We are doing something that I think seems strange to the world who are thinking, I'd rather be at home still in my pajamas around our kitchen or living room with presents and gifts and family. We came here this morning. We got dressed. We braved this cold. We came here and gathered this morning for a few minutes, not to pat ourselves on the back, 
not to say we are better than the rest of the people in the world, but we have come here today because we've experienced the radical, transforming, saving power of your son, Jesus. We've come here this morning because Christmas is about you sending us a Savior to save us from our sin, to meet our greatest need, and to give us the greatest gift, the gift of eternal life. And through Jesus, your Son, through receiving Him, through believing on His name, we are your people. We are sons and daughters of God. We have a relationship with the true and living God. We have eternal life. We've come here today to sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. We have come to say, oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Father, we pray that this good news of forgiveness of sin would drive out any feelings of despair or depression in us today, any feeling uh, of, of fear about the future, any feeling of sorrow about loss that we've experienced, any uncertainty and unknown that we may face, that you would help us to be fully grounded and rooted and settled in this truth, that our greatest need has been met, our greatest fears have been fully and completely removed from us, and our greatest joys are still ahead as we await the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, you invite us to come. You invite us to come to you again and again and again and again to experience what we experienced the first time we came, uh, the fullness of your grace and mercy to us in Jesus. And Father, we join with the angels saying glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to men. We pray it in Jesus' name.